Welcome to WKJP News Radio. I am your host, Jordan, here with my beautiful wife, Kayleen. And this is the podcast where we talk about the sitcom News Radio from the 1990s. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 4, which is called The Crisis. Uh, but before we get started, Kayleen, I have to ask, how are you doing? I'm okay. We had a good day today. Um, I got nothing. I canceled my therapy appointment, so things must be going okay. Oh, I was going to say, that could go both ways. You canceled your therapy appointment, so everything must be going fine, or you canceled your therapy appointment, so it's time to unload everything. So this is, this is my therapy appointment. Um, we're just doing summer stuff. Yep. We ate a lot of Indian food last night. That was a good choice. I'm feeling happy about that. Yeah, that was good. I took a two and a half hour nap today. I had it was one of those naps where you wake up and you don't necessarily know who you are when you wake up. I think you're just like, usually it's you don't know where you are. It was a little bit of both. This is so deep. You didn't know you lost not only your sense of location but your entire sense of self. Yeah, I mean a little bit. Um, so I, sh- I should be well rested, but it has been a long day and it's yeah. 9 o'clock at night. So we're summoning all the energy we can. Next up, what have you been watching lately? I, you know, I should be prepared for this. Uh, I feel embarrassed every time you ask me this <laughs> question because I can't lie. Um, so I'll just tell you the truth. So there's this show called Love is Blind on Netflix. You mm-hmm. know how I like the reality dating stuff. You know, yeah. I like that. Um, they, the premise of the show is people meet each other in these pods where they talk, but they don't, they can't see each other. Mm-hmm. And then they feasibly fall in love and they actually, pro- one of them proposes to the other. And then some of them actually got married. Hmm. And this was a while ago that this show came out, but now it's been two years and so Netflix just released three episodes of like, uh, hey, it's been two years. Where are our couples now? Where are they now? Yeah. Like, how are they doing? Um, and so the last few days I watched those episodes. Uh, not nearly as dramatic as I was hoping. It's interesting when you watch reality shows and you can tell they're, the producers are setting them up to they're trying to create circumstances where dramatic conversations will happen or exciting TV will be made and it just doesn't really. Yes. And so that they have to kind of find the thing that's going to make it like, you know, the small conflict and make it edit things to make it seem much bigger than it really is. So yeah. Anyway, so I watched, I watched that and then, uh, man, I'm really enjoying the bachelorette. Great. I really like this bachelorette. Um, I want to be her friend. And you've been watching a fair bit of Frasier. Yeah, I have been rewatching Frasier. Great. I don't know why. There's certain shows, Friends, Seinfeld, The Office, Frasier, that I have seen every episode, and they're just very familiar to me. I often, mm-hmm. I'm like halfway watching, halfway doing something else. Um, but they just kind of have a, a comfort in them, I guess. Totally. Um, in the most recent episode of The Bachelorette... I know you don't care about this. I'm going back. <laughs> I tried. To I know. Change the subject. No, nope. you changed it back hard. No. Nope. Okay. So, well, in the most recent episode of The Bachelorette, they're in the fight. She's with the final four guys, and one of them is a dad um, of a young 
child, like three or four. Okay. And, um, you know, when they do the, when they do these shows, they have to leave their families and leave their life for feasibly. It could be a few days. It could be a few weeks. It could be a couple months. And they showed him FaceTiming with his son and his son was like, daddy, where are you? Why don't you want to be with me anymore? And so the guy left oh. to go be with his son. And like, the producer's handing him a cub, a three-year-old, a card that says, Daddy, why don't you want to be with me? <laughs> what does this mean? Um, but yeah, that made me like, ugh. Yeah. That, that was rough. I haven't been watching anything interesting. I have been kind of half-watching The Good Wife, mm. um, which is a legal drama. A lot of people like that show. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good. It's a legal drama, procedural that aired on CBS starting in like 2009, I want to say. So it's been interesting. It's, uh, they do some sort of current events, but the current events are now in like 2011. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's been interesting. Um, Juliana Margulies as the titular good wife. Um, she is very good, but I sometimes feel like it's like watching a TV show. If a cat was the main character <laughs> because she's so, sphinx-like and oh like closed down even when she's acting even when she's, she's emoting like stoic yeah it's there's there's a weird closed offness to her face that i just can't quite hmm. like if a cat was an actor was the main character on a show it would be really boring because you would just be watching their like weird blank face does she half close her eyes <laughs> yeah she half closes one and then the other it's really weird <laughs> They lift in the part where she chases her tail. For a <laughs> um, I know something we've been watching. What have we been watching? We watched Steel Magnolias. You're a few seconds ahead of me. That's right. Update. We watched Steel Magnolias. I, uh, why did we decide to do that again? Come on. I don't. Re- I honestly don't remember. I wanted She's, to watch it because... Ladies, oh my gosh, it's because of this podcast. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, she's not joking. She literally forgot that. Um... Yeah, it was because Bill watched it at two in the morning or three in the morning and crying. That's right. <laughs> right. And then I put it in my head that I was yep. like, we should watch that. I made you a promise on the previous episode that we would watch Steel Magnolias, and we did. We got Indian food last night and watched Steel Magnolias. I, and... I forgot that you made me that promise. I kind of wondered why you went along with watching it with me. Yeah, you totally forgot what we were doing. Yeah, okay. I did. I just really wanted to watch Steel Magnolias. It got in my head. Uh, so I tried to... So what did you think? <laughs> I tried to not talk about this with Kayleen, but she needed to talk about it this morning. <laughs> I'm, a pro- I'm a verbal processor. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, I said, it's always good for me to watch a movie that's outside of my normal comfort zone, and this one was just very clearly not... I am not the target audience for this movie, um, but it was really well done, and there was a lot to enjoy about it. It was a lot funnier yeah. than I expected. Yeah, it is funny. I don't know. Maybe I want to rephrase that. It's a lot more comedic than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. It felt very much like the Golden Girls in the sense that like one person says something, and the other has a witty punchline. And then yes. another one has yeah. like a setup, and the other one yeah. has the punchline. There's a lot of good like one-liners exactly. in that movie. Yeah, so that's a very specific kind of comedy. Um, I bet that a lot of people think that Steel Magnolias, I think you went into it thinking that it was going to be a drama, like much more dramatic than it was, a lot sadder than it was. And it is a really sad movie, but like, I think because 
it is so comedic, it makes that sad, the sad part of it feel even more, I don't know, personal, intense, whatever, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, yeah. I could totally understand why someone would watch it and cry. I did not personally cry, but yeah. uh, I could see why someone would. This was, it was kind of unusual. This was the first time I had ever watched this movie, not on television. Um, I had never seen Steel Magnolias, like, in its theatrical form. I had always seen it cut down for television. For example, there was a scene that had some butts. I got pretty excited about that in the <laughs> in locker room. Football locker room. Yeah, yeah, the men's locker room. I saw some butts. Um, never saw that on TV before. But yeah, as a parent now, the movie definitely hit different than it did when I was, you know, in my teens and 20s. So next, what are we watching? The next movie we're watching <laughs> together is... So I kind of reconfigured this deal and I told Kayleen that I would be happy to watch Steel Magnolias with her if she watches the movie they live with me <laughs> which is just a movie that i have pretended to have seen for a long time uh it's just like a classic oh i thought it was new i don't know any i know nothing about it yeah all i know is this is what i have to watch to get you to watch steel magnolias with me yep uh so i guess maybe we'll talk about that movie next time yeah all right, well, let's get into the episode. This is Season 1, Episode 4, The Crisis. This aired April 11th, 1995. Directed by James Burroughs, uh, same as the others, and written by Josh Lieb. This is the first episode written by Josh Lieb, I believe. So we begin kind of in the middle uh, with the on-air sign. It's the beginning of a subway crisis. Um, there's something going on in the New York subway. Bill tells Dave... Look, we all know we can't get access. Uh, and he has a joke about going on every eight minutes and saying, still no news on that disabled subway car. I do not understand. Why would you do that every eight minutes? Like, especially if no one is in danger. As far as they can tell, no one is hurt. Like, it feels like apparently there was a fire in a tunnel. But is it really a crisis? Yeah. I think the true crisis is the desk situation. <laughs> okay, you're jumping ahead. Um, but it's just like, I was, after I finished the episode, I was like, oh, it's called the crisis. And I'm like, this train, situ it's a situation. You know, that's true. The desk situation actually might be the crisis. And the subway crisis might be just a situation. Right, well, that's, they call it a crisis. And I'm just like, it sounds like a delayed train. And it sucks <laughs> that the train was delayed because of a fire or an explosion or something bad or scary. But once you know that, okay, these people are just sitting on the train waiting to be pulled out of a tunnel, they're not actually being held hostage, they're not in harm's way, why would you report on that every eight minutes? No, I agree. I, I agree. I think that anytime that people are stuck underground in a place where there might be fire, that seems like it could be bad. Are they underground? Well, it is called the subway. Well, no, I know, but and like I believe they're in a subway tunnel, but I don't know the details. They're right, I guess so. I guess that's fair. Anyway, so Dave says that Lisa is going to be the voice of the crisis, so she's going to be the one uh, reporting on it. And then Matthew's new desk comes in. It is uh, ugly. <laughs> I have that. I have that too. It's a black desk with a red top. Um, I have that. It looks like something a middle schooler would have. 
Yeah. I'm, in fact, I've worked in schools where the tables in the classroom are red. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty ugly. I also thought about, like, red is not a color that you would have on a desk, typically, um, in, like, a workspace. That feels like a really bold, aggressive color mm -hmm. that I feel like would be agitating. I agree. You know, I get that you probably don't want, I don't know, pale blue or something. The only thing I thought of was the red and black might really pop on screen. Oh, and sure. And so it's supposed to look Right and, and it new. has to look it has to look different because if we're just a wood desk yes. or something, that's that is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And black, like they could have done something shiny and black, but you're right, that wouldn't have been as. They probably wanted something garish. Yeah. Um, so all the employees uh, want a new desk, and they basically stop working until they can talk about it, um, and then we get the credits. So we come back for scene two. Dave is on hold, trying to get in touch with the transit commissioner. Um, Lisa comes in and asks... Hi. You know what, can I ask you a question, Dave? Sure, what? Now, you didn't give me that subway assignment because we're going out, did you? Oh, no, of course not. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I gave it to you because you're so darn cute. I have in my notes. Gross. <laughs> like, that's a... <laughs> even if, like, they're dating, that's a weird thing to say. I feel like, uh... Dave is so unprofessional in this episode in yeah. so many ways. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me like uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of hold slash transfer jokes like, Hey, I'm talking to you. Oh, don't transfer for me. Oh, oh, no, oh okay. I, uh, can I now I'm talking to this person. Oh, don't transfer right back. To, oh no. I'm talking to the first person again. Like it's not that funny. Maybe those just didn't age well. I don't know. You know, who was known for doing those kind of jokes was Bob Newhart. Mm. Um, actually there's a scene in Mad Men where they're listening to a Bob Newhart record and the whole like record, well, I don't know if it's the whole record, but the whole bit is usually just him and it's his half of a telephone conversation. Mm. And he could be very funny doing right. that because you're sort of filling in what the other person is saying. This is not funny. No. And there's a lot of it. Uh, Beth comes in to warn about Mr. James coming in with one of his golf buddies. She wrote it all down in a note so he, she didn't have to interrupt. They don't want to be part of it they just want to be ignored and soak up the excitement they sit on dave's couch and eat oreos but they're not oreos it was a sleeve of cookies i was really curious about these cookies were they hydrox no i don't even understand they were in a sleeve the way girl scout cookies are in a sleeve but but hydrox mr james and... did twist it off he did right the shape of the cookie is like an oreo but oreos don't come in a sleeve a plastic sleeve did they ever I've been eating Oreos <laughs> many years. I don't think the package of Oreos has ever changed. I don't know. Somebody will have to re research this, do a deep dive. But I immediately clocked those cookies and was like, what is happening with I these cookies? I didn't notice the sleeve. Yeah, it was like a tube. It was like a clear plastic tube of cookies. Oh. Because that's what Thin Mints come in. Mm -hmm. Well, Thin Mints have a silver sleeve, but sure. still. Anyway. Huh. Uh, the thing I noticed was that Mr. James's friend makes a face when drinking his coffee. He makes kind of a gross, like, ugh, face. Huh. Um, and I don't know if that's if from him trying to dunk it in the coffee or eat it the way Mr. James was. Or maybe there was an, a, a cut scene where they were getting their coffee and Mr. James poured it for him or did yeah. something to it or something. Could be. I don't know. There's just a weird face that he made that I noticed. Mr. James asks what they're doing right now, and Davis tells them. 
Right now, I'm just trying to get uh, full tunnel access for Matthew. Tunnel access? Wow! Yeah, is there anything more exciting happening uh, anywhere on the station? And so they go off to the booth to find something more exciting. Uh, then Bill comes in while Dave is still on hold. Uh, Dave thinks he's going to complain about Lisa getting the assignment, but he starts this new desk of Matthews. This was actually one of the actual lols from this episode, which was Bill saying, This is what we in the business call bad timing. Is it, Dave? Or is this part of some shrewd plan? Yeah, yeah. I firebombed the number nine train so I could create a diversion to get Matthew a new desk. Oh, no, no, that was just a joke. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. It wasn't, it wasn't poor taste, but I really think if you just... Well, she hung up. Thanks, Bill. I don't understand firebomb also. Like, was it was the train attacked? Again, we're not really clear on what happened to this train. Right. I don't think it was attacked. I think a fire started, and maybe they're still trying to figure out how the fire started. Yeah. Bill says, You see, it's not the desk itself, Dave. It's what it represents. And that is? Actually, it is the desk itself. <laughs> this plot feels very much like something a lot of people could relate to in an office. When somebody gets a new chair, someone gets a new desk, somebody gets the corner office instead of the cubicle or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, in fact, there's a plot of the office that is almost identical to this. Yes. Where... Um, Toby gets a new computer, I believe, or Phyllis gets a new computer, and then Andy decides that he needs a new computer, too, and yes. the entire episode is them bothering Pam to get a new computer. Yeah, him trying to, like, wreck his old computer so right. he has to get a new one. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I, I can relate to that type of, I mean, if you've worked in an office with, you know, colleagues day in and day out in a job and somebody gets something new from the boss, it does feel a little, like, How'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Beth comes in, she gets rid of Bill, she wants a new desk too, and Mr. James wants to buy everyone lunch. That is the end of this scene. Not a lot going on so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, like, I get what they were trying to do. I don't think this is an especially funny episode. Look, I didn't want to tip my hand this early, but this is not a funny episode. Yeah. I did not enjoy this episode. I get what they're trying to do, but... I do too, and it's just not really working for me. So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't, like... It would be a lot funnier if there was actual news to report that they were missing because of this office fiasco. But it's not like they're even missing anything or That's, even like... That is the intended conflict with the subway crisis. Is I know. That, oh no, we should be reporting on this and no one is. But it's a stupid thing to report on in the first place. Yeah, so in, it does come up in the next scene. So we cut to Lisa saying... Thank you, Catherine. Still no news on that disabled train. Back with more in eight minutes. Exactly like Bill said she would. Matthew comes back. Apparently he was at the scene trying to report. He sits at his new desk. Um, one question I have is, who put all his stuff in exactly the right place on the desk? That's exactly what I wondered, too. <laughs> I was like, what movers? And also, just in general, like later in the episode when all of the desks are gone, like, people have nothing in their desks in this place. If you emptied my desk at yeah. work, you would have a pile. He has nothing in there. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. The times, and there haven't been a lot, but the times that I've gotten new desks or new, you know, accoutrement on my desks at work, 
I've had to clear it off beforehand. Like I've right. got a work order saying, hey, right. we're going to come in at seven o'clock and put this new thing on. Right. Clear off your desk. Yes. And then I do. Yes. And then I come then, into the work the next day. And then and I clear you everything. have to put everything back. <laughs> so yes. I didn't quite understand that. Okay. So here is about the funniest part of the episode to me. Uh, Matthew sits down at his new desk, kind of like rubs it like he's very like happy with it. And Bill and Joe start circling his desk like vultures and talking to him. What's going on, guys? Nice desk. <laughs> is it new? Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yes, indeed. This sure is a real nice desk. <laughs> you know, it's weird because I already, I, I kind of miss my old one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now he wants his own desk. <laughs> Why don't you talk to Dave? I'm sure you can have them both. <laughs> That's... <laughs> you really like Bill? I just really do like Bill McNeil. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the line, oh, so now he wants his old desk, is the second actual lol of this episode. I don't even have an actual lol yet. No kidding? No. All right. Um, I like that they said cellular phone. Oh yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, that's, I'm there again. I clocked that as well. Dave plans to go down to the transit commissioner's office. He lets slip that Matthew mentioned his desk one over dinner one night. Bill gets his pal Tony Palmer from Desk Emporium on the phone. There is a mix-up between Tony and Frank Silveri, a passenger on the train, uh, who should be calling into the news station to report on the situation. I was also, surprised they would put somebody directly like onto the air. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they do that, but I'm like, they didn't even vet, like, to know what he was going to yeah. say or anything. Sometimes those things are on a delay, and so, like, if he sure. started screaming obscenities, they would cut him off before it got sure. on air. The third and final actual lull for me, they announced that they've got somebody calling in from a cellular phone. Right. A cellular phone. Right. Uh, and they want to put him on the air to talk about the situation. Bill's line, tell him to hold. <laughs> Just made me laugh because he says it was such disdain that this guy would be calling in to like talk about what's going on while Bill is actually trying to get the desk thing going. Guys, that's it. That's, that's all. it. I have you, three you, lulls. you haven't gotten to mine yet, and it wasn't even a lull, but I'll tell you, haven't gotten to mine. Oh, wow. Yet. Okay. Yeah. I have three lulls in this episode. That's it. That's I, had, I had a smirk. I'll okay. tell you what my smirk was. But they put him on, and it's actually Tony who. Read the situation, Tony. <laughs> he immediately gets put on the air, introduced by Lisa. Like, you're live on the air talking about the subway crisis. <laughs> Mr. Frank Silveri, a passenger on that train, has called WNYX on his cellular phone. Mr. Silveri, what is the mood on the train? Yeah, this is Tony Palmer, desk emporium. You in the mood to bargain? <laughs> he's just he's just bewildered. He doesn't know what's going no, on. No, clearly not. Um... Dave calls a staff meeting. Uh, one thing I like, and this is a tiny little thing, I've been noticing more of these little Matthew bits that barely even qualify as bits, but Matthew has been holding the elevator the whole time, waiting for Dave to come get into the elevator oh, so they can go down I to the scene. I noticed that too, yeah. <laughs> and, and Dave yells, let it go, Matthew! And Matthew comes back in, and while he's doing so, he makes some comment about, you never know when one of those is going to come by. 
Like, it's a oh, train. Oh, like he doesn't know that you pushed <laughs> the button on the elevator to make it come to you? I don't quite understand. I think he thought he had to hold the elevator because he didn't know if he could get an elevator down again, again soon. It's a weird little that joke. That is weird. Uh, but the studio audience, or the laugh track, picks up at that. Like, they laugh oh, a little sure. bit. So It's just a weird, strange, small joke. Uh, Bill implies that he wants to have dinner, but says that he's very busy this month. Dave, um, Beth breaks it down for Dave, saying everyone's upset because Dave and Matthew have become best friends so fast. Uh, Lisa says, you guys continue to argue about the desks. I'll sit in here and single-handedly broadcast the news. Lisa lets it slip that she and Dave have had two dinners. Um, This is is where I smirked. This is unbelievable! All right, in the next scene, Dave is still going down to the transit commissioner's office. Beth asks if this is one of those plans that involves somebody dressing up in a fake nun outfit. They're not funny! (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Beth says is funny to me. Okay, got it. Dave tells Lisa that the slip-up about dinner is the sort of slip-up we can't afford. She's eating something, and she gives Dave a bite. Oh, Uh, God, this is an unprofessional thing. I mean, of both of them, but I was just like... Hell, I don't even feed you. Like, that's just too, like, it's, it's, it's a weird. It would be unprofessional if he took a second fork and took a bite off her plate. But for her to take her fork, stick food on it, and stick it in his mouth. And then try to force him. Like, she's, like, force feeding him so he backs into the elevator area. I was just, like, it felt very forced and uncomfortable. Mm. Catherine walks by at that exact moment and says... That's what it takes to get a new desk. I don't even want one. Uh, Mr. James says, Dave, can I see you in the can for a minute? So they go into... <laughs> I hate that. I hate how they go in the bathroom. And now they brought food in there and that... I am no germaphobe. Like, anyone who knows me knows that, like, I'm more of a gross girl than I am a clean girl, probably. <laughs> but, like, eating in a bathroom, especially, like, a plate of food... Yeah. Ugh. No, I agree. And it's a gross-looking bathroom, too. Like, it's a very normal, you know, whatever, big city office building bathroom. Sure. But it's, like, not even a nice, clean, brightly lit one. It's kind of dingy. Well, and then he's, like, standing in front of the mirror watching himself eat. He's watching himself eat shrimp in the bathroom. I know. It's super weird. Gross. The only thing I thought of was this is kind of, like, um, there are some LBJ vibes some Lyndon Johnson vibes because he used to call his subordinates in to the bathroom and then like give them orders while he was taking a dump oh my god a kind of a power move that's disgusting and gross a woman would never do that I'm just saying such a dude thing women don't do shit like that So that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, anyway, he discusses the morale problem. Uh, Dave claims it's a small error in judgment, but Mr. James doesn't like the employees pushing Dave around. Um, one thing I'm kind of confused about is, like, who is Mr. James in this situation? I thought he was the owner of the radio station, but he's acting like he's Dave's manager in some way. Right. Like, he's giving him advice, but also giving him, like, orders. I just don't understand exactly what their relationship is or why Dave should be listening to him for managerial advice. Well, because it's his boss. I mean, his boss, yeah. But he doesn't really know what goes on there. Right. He doesn't really know. I think he's, 
the type of person that thinks that you should listen to me just because I'm above you. But that doesn't necessarily mean I know more than you. I yeah, don't know. That could be. So Dave gets back to the station. Uh, he recounts seeing the transit commissioner in his office. He was escorted out by the security guard, but not before stealing the transit commissioner's tunnel pass. That which sounds like, like such a stupid made-up thing. Like, what? what? I know, I wrote that down. I wrote subway commissioner's tunnel pass. Are you kidding? That's got to be illegal in some way. Oh, and yeah. We have not seen anything... We've not seen any evidence to this point that that's something Dave would do. So I'm right. really and also, baffled. To be that bold and aggressive yeah. for something that's like, again, this is a dumb thing <laughs> to put your stick your neck out for. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. Anyway, it turns out Bill got everyone new desks. And Mr. James has told them that Dave orders them because that's the direction he's headed in. Dave and Mr. James meet in Dave's office. Dave kind of reads in the riot act. Matthew comes in. Uh, he has felt so bad about the desk situation that he was on his way to the tunnel and turned around and came back. Um, he just can't handle all the perceived resentment from the rest of the staff about the desk. You know what? I'm, I am fine with the fact that your, your new favorite is Lisa. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I love her. She's, Lisa's great. But uh... um, So he suggests staging a fight with Dave uh, in front of the rest of the staff to show that they're not on good terms, or yeah, I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't even understand. I didn't this. understand this either. No, not a hitting fight, <laughs> which made me laugh. I guess that made me sort of smirk. Smirk. Um, anyway, Dave escalates. It says that he needs to go to the tunnel. Um, once they get into the hallway, Matthew says, "I think they bought it." Uh, Dave says, "Ladies and gentlemen, clean out your desks. They're going back." All right, in the next scene, everyone except Matthew and Mr. James is in the recording room. They're listening to tape of Lisa with Matthew in the tunnel. Matthew says things like, it's pitch black, very smoky, standing in about three feet of water. So I guess the joke here is that it's a very funny, like, non-description. He made it down to the scene, was able to get onto the scene, and there's actually nothing to report. Right, it's like the, the point we've been saying from the very beginning that, like, Dave is so adamant that they get somebody on the scene that he fails to even think about, like, is this something worth getting someone down there? He's like, we'll be the only ones there. It's, there's nothing there. Right. And I guess that's supposed to be funny, but it's also just like, it felt very obvious. Yeah, it didn't feel funny to me. Uh, I did like uh, Lisa and Matthew's back and forth. Is there anything more you can tell us, Matthew? Anything, anything at all? Trying to give a little color commentary. Um, I did notice Joe stifling a smile <laughs> uh, in the booth. I just, you can tell he thinks Matthew is really funny. And so, like, yeah. when Matthew says something, it's good to look to Joe to see if he's trying not to crack up. You know, no one else says anything about, like, this could be really dangerous for Matthew. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a reason they don't want anyone down yeah. there, and it's because there could be fire or smoke or moving vehicles yeah. in a dark tunnel. Like, <laughs> Totally. Bill apologizes on behalf of everyone for uh, getting bent out of shape about the desks. Um, he asks, as they're moving back into the main office, uh, when they'll get their old ones back, and then there's the visual gag of all their stuff on the floor of a deskless main office. Yeah, there's not much. I was no. surprised. I would have thought there would have been a lot. 
Uh, apparently, the movers took the conference table and the table that held the coffee maker. <laughs> right. Um, they also took all the chairs, too. They did. Dave's office is missing its desk, couch, and coffee table. All right. In the final scene, Beth has scheduled dinners with everyone. Uh, she and Dave are <laughs> laying on the floor of his office because there's nothing to sit on. There is a scheduled dinner with Bill, which is some sort of fancy French cuisine. And there's one scheduled with Catherine, which is a fancier French <laughs> I thought cuisine. that was funny. Um, he'll be going to a Knicks game with Joe, who will pick you up in his van. <laughs> and then Dave goes to the elevator. He's just exhausted, ready to go home. But Mr. James and his friend are there, and Dave gets invited to dinner with them. And the final exchange is Mr. James's friend saying, I'm a vegetarian. He has an English accent. Um, Dave's like, great. And that's it. There is a post-credit sequence, which we haven't seen many yeah, of. Yeah. Um, it's Matthew in the tunnel. There's right. some like physical comedy of him trying to talk to, I think, Beth on his cell phone. Right. Um, cellular phone. His cell, Sorry, his cellular phone. Uh, he drops that in the water. One thing I'm confused about is, like, what water is he standing in? I wondered that, too. Like, where is the water coming from? But what? maybe... Is this a tunnel that's under, like, the East River or something? Right, a body of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, there is laughter at his, like, joking around, but it's not strong laughter, so it doesn't seem like it would be a studio audience, and I doubt that they would put a laugh track in response to this. So who's laughing? Probably it's a laugh track. Maybe. It sounds I mean, like, like the crew or something, like, laughing at his joking around, but I don't... Hmm. It's weird. I didn't notice that. Mm. And that is the entire episode. So I have already gone through my actual lulls. Did I, did we get yours? I got a smirk. You got a smirk at, this is unbelievable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Now it's time for, yo, it's the 90s. It is the 90s. Uh, I have three things. Um, one we've already talked about, the cellular phone. Yeah. There is a silver ashtray on the wall. Hmm. So I don't know how to describe it, except it's like a smooth silver ashtray bolted into the wall in the hallway by the elevator mm. and as soon as like yeah. you notice it you're like oh yeah those used to be around it yeah. almost looks like ashtrays a... by elevators was yeah. the thing yeah yeah it almost looks like a futuristic urinal or something the way it's like bolted <laughs> sure. into the wall but it's, it's like, like a sconce oh yeah a sconce exactly but it's actually an ashtray i was like oh yeah those used to which exist. is also funny because in the previous episode they can't smoke in there anymore that's a good call yep and then the last thing I noticed was on the table that holds the coffee maker in the main office, they have, like, food there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. There's a box of Life cereal, hmm. and on the box of Life cereal, on the front, is a picture of Wacko from Animaniacs. Uh, did you ever watch Animaniacs? That, so many kids did. That was just not a show that I watched, believe it or not. I, I, just, I somehow missed that one. No, that's okay. I was the exact right age, which maybe right. means you were just a little bit too old or no, something. No, because I have friends that really liked, like, I have friends that are my age that watched that show. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, like, on a station I didn't get or just, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I never watched it. Um, I watched it a lot. Uh, it's very absurd. Like, right. I can imagine it yeah. actually kind of turning you off a little bit because it was just probably so wild. Mm. But I don't, I don't know what your sense of humor was like when you were, you know. I didn't have one. <laughs> no. Really? So when did you develop your sense of humor? High school. Ah. Puberty. Uh. <laughs> All right. So the only miscellaneous thing I have is 
I want one of those WNYX mugs. Oh. In each episode, they have been drinking from those yeah. really ugly 80s yeah. gray-brown yeah. mugs. Yeah. I will... You'll, you won't find one. Listeners? Uh, <laughs> if listen, you can find Jordan, it. Listener. Mom. <laughs> you don't know who's listening to this. You're right, I don't. Maybe one of my parents is listening <laughs> to. <laughs> anyway. I want one of those WNYX mugs. If anyone knows how to get a hold of one. I do have a thing where if I see somebody drinking from a very distinctive coffee mug in a show, sure. I want that mug. Sure. And the other example of that is the Sopranos. Oh. They have a coffee mug they drink from in the Soprano household. It's a white coffee mug with kind of a rainbow striping. Hmm. On it. They drink from it all the time. Sure. Because it's designed to like look like it's part of their household and sure um i have not been able to find it i've looked online to see if i can find huh a replica <laughs> coffee mug you need to get like a prop master yeah if uh if any of you out there are fans of the sopranos you'll probably remember what i'm talking about because it's it's pretty distinctive carmella drinks from it a lot hmm. or maybe you won't because maybe i'm just a crazy person who well, pays attention to these, these sorts of things <laughs> Do you have any miscellaneous things, last thoughts? Uh-uh. Great. Nope. All right, you ready to get into the game? Let's do the game. Actually, I have to offer a correction. Oh. Do you remember in the last episode when we played the game, I said that Triscuits were so-called <laughs> because they contained three kinds of grain? Yeah. I think that's false. I think so, too. You did think so when yeah. you played it. So from what I can tell, and this goes no deeper than the Wikipedia page for Triscuits, do you know where the name Triscuit comes from? No. It is some sort of portmanteau of the words electricity and biscuit. <laughs> I love it. It makes me want to go buy some. So An electric biscuit. Yeah. A Triscuit. Yeah. I kind of love that. I do too. So apparently they were created back when... Something being electric was still exciting and novel. It's just like things in the 50s were atomic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I finally found a name for my funk band, The Electric Biscuits. <laughs> okay, so that was the correction. Uh, you should be Triscuit and The Electric Biscuits. <laughs> you know what? Triscuit would be a great name for an orange cat. Or a dog. Yeah, or like a Any little pet. scruffy yellow dog. I Whenever people talk about animal names, the first thing I always think of is imagining being at a park. Yeah. Or if the animal is running away and you're having to call after it, like, Triscuit! Triscuit! <laughs> Triscuit! Yeah, that's true. It doesn't have a good shortening either. No. You could call it, like, tricks. I was thinking that too, like, or Trixie, but I don't like that. I don't care for that either. All right. Let's get into the game. So the theme is trains slash subways. Okay. Maybe rapid transport generally. <laughs> Rockets. No, rapid mass transport. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Which city's rapid transport system is called BART? Oh. Um, I... I feel like that, well, the last two letters must be rapid transit, B-A, Baltimore. 
Ooh, good guess. That would be San Francisco. It is Bay Area. Ah, okay. Question number two. This is a series of Major League Baseball rivalry games between the two teams based in New York City. I need both the team names and the name of the rivalry games. Do you know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's make me look dumb. <laughs> All right. I will give you the name of the teams, and I need you to tell me what it's called when they play each other. Okay. The Yankees and Mets are the two New York teams. Yep. What is it called when they have a series of games playing each other? Oh, honey. <laughs> me like i should know this you i know you've heard this term the yankees and the mets yeah when they play each other Mm -hmm. it is bad time (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so i'm not a huge baseball fan but i know a little bit uh a few years ago they played each other in the world series when they play each other normally it's the subway series Oh, okay. You've never heard the term Subway never Series? Never in my life, no. I, I can foresee getting <laughs> listener feedback that people think I pick <laughs> too hard questions or questions that my wife won't know. I have offered several times for her to write the game <laughs> no. and pick questions to stump me, and she has declined every time. So this I is, just want you to know. This is your rodeo. I know. Okay. This is your game show. Okay, so I get to pick the questions. Yeah, you can. It's Even fine. when you don't know them. I am revealing the limits to my knowledge. All right. Question number three. <laughs> oh, no. What rock band okay. formed in 1993 in the San Francisco Bay Area? Train. <laughs> am I right? She's right. Yay! <laughs> Has five platinum albums, including one triple platinum album. Okay, is this one of the songs? <laughs> now she's back in the atmosphere, drops of Jupiter in her hair. Is that right? God help me, it is. That's the old. Yeah, I remember that song. That's a bad song. Yeah, I. Look, I'm not here to, you know. Yuck anybody's yum. If you're out there and if you're a huge train fan, look. Enjoy. Enjoy. Live your life. That said, I have a hard time thinking of uh, <laughs> a less tolerable <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, I needed to check. So in the United States, if you've sold a million albums, it's platinum. Hmm. So that means that three million people bought Train's album. I mean, when that song came out... I thought it was good, and then I heard it 10,000 times, and then I decided it wasn't good anymore. All right, question number four. What North American city's rapid transport system is called SkyTrain? SkyTrain? That sounds like fun. It must be above ground, like a monorail. 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 It's in the U.S., North American. North American, that means it's probably in Canada, but they can't have, no. Skytrain. Boyfriend. (laughs) I want to say Seattle for some reason, but I don't think that's right. You're so close. Portland? Nope. Butte. 
You're right. It's Butte, Montana. Very good. <laughs> it's like, what else is over there? <laughs> Boise. <laughs> it goes from Butte to Boise. <laughs> uh, incorrect. That is Vancouver. Ah. And I include that in here because uh, there's something very charming about the name Skytrain to me. Yeah. It's just something charmingly literal and Canadian. Wouldn't you love to take your child on the Skytrain? Our oldest would lose his mind. To be uh, able to ride on the Sky Train. I want to ride on the. I want to ride on the Sky Train. All right. Speaking of which, Kayleen. Question number five. What song, by the Quad City DJs, was released in 1996? Come on, ride the train. Ride it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm gonna give it to you. Come on, ride the train. <laughs> Uh, the correct answer is, come on, ride it, parentheses, the train. <laughs> Just in case it could be confused with anything else that you're telling me to come on and ride. Question number six. What 1996 British film was directed by Danny Boyle and stars Ewan McGregor? Train spotting. Very good. Yeah, I know some stuff. In late March of 1995, so actually just a few weeks before this episode of News Radio aired, a doomsday cult released sarin gas on a subway in this country. Oh my god. China. Very good guess, because they actually have, like, the far and away the most rapid transport of any country in the world. Sure. Um, that would be Japan. Uh do you remember hearing about this? No. This is the Alm Shinrikyo mm -mm. doomsday cult. No. Yeah, they're trying to bring about the end of the world, so they released sarin on the subway. That's awful. Did, it's terrible. Do people die? Uh, I believe so. Ugh. This is the same cult. They're really, really interesting. They tried to set off a nuclear bomb, and they tested it in the outback in Australia. I remember Bill Bryson talking about this in his book on yeah, Australia. Yeah, I think I read about this too. And his point was that the outback is so huge and so desolate that you can test out like right. nuclear weapons and out there won't and even people rip. won't notice. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but like, uh, yeah, that was really interesting. All right, question number eight. What TV music dance show hosted by Don Cornelius ran for 35 years? Showcasing primarily R&B, soul, and hip-hop artists. Soul Train. <laughs> Very good. Question number nine. What city's rapid transport system is called the L? Oh, Chicago. Very good. And do you know why it's called the L? Because it's shaped like an L. I don't know. No. Um, because portions of it are elevated. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Last question. It's probably the weirdest one. I need you to tell me the connection between this episode of News Radio, ostensibly a subway train themed sure. episode, sure. and the Simpsons episode, Marge versus the Monorail, which is episode 12 of season four. Well, I know that episode. I could probably sing you the song. Mm -hmm. Main Street's still all cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom, the mob has spoken. Um. I'll give you a hint. Well, there's the monorail in that one, mm -hmm. like, goes haywire or something, right, at the end? Yep. Like, the track breaks. 
I'll give you a hint. Okay. Who is singing the song? Oh, Phil Hartman. Is that right? It is. Phil Hartman voices Lyle Lamley. Right. Who's the guy who sells the monorail to Springfield. Right. Oh, funny. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. You got four out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) That's not too bad. Not too bad. Not your best showing. No. All right. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I would say this wasn't the best one. It wasn't, like, terrible. It was not a bad way to kill 20 minutes, but, like, it wasn't... It didn't further my interest in any of the characters or the conflicts between them or anything like that. No, I thought this was a pretty bad episode. I thought this was very forgettable. Um, I don't have that much to say about it. There's just not that much interesting going on. Now is the time in the show when we do recommendations. Kayleen, Mm -hmm. do you have anything to recommend? I, in the last couple months, three months, I have a friend who, um, a good friend who started getting into doing dip manicures on herself because anyone who's ever gotten a manicure knows that they can be very expensive. Um, and if you're like me and you don't want to spend a lot of money on grooming continually, it has to be continually upkept. Um, so that's why she started getting into doing dip manicures on herself and they look so nice. And then it got me thinking like, huh, I should take better care of my hands. And so then I started using cuticle oil, highly recommend, um, as a nail biter for my entire life. And somebody who's just always kind of not had very nice nails. I was shocked that cuticle oil is not expensive. It was like 10 bucks. And I just put a little bit on my hands and then I rub it into my nail beds and my nails look so much nicer. And I've been bothering you now about, cause now I've been painting my nails and I got into nail stamping. There's a company called Maniology out of Hawaii. It's a small company and they are great and their customer service is awesome. And it feels good to support a small business. And I've been doing stamps on my nails, which is fun. Does their stuff cost more because they have to ship it from Hawaii? Um, shipping is five bucks. Wow. So that's not, yeah, I wondered that too. So, and actually I think if you order, like most websites, if you order like over 40 or $50 of things, um, it's free shipping. Yeah. But like, I just put an order in not that long ago that was like 20 bucks or something. And I want to say shipping was five. Hmm. So not bad, but yeah, they sell nail polish and then they sell these stamping plates where you paint the polish onto the plate and then you scrape off the excess and you lift it with a stamper and then you stamp designs on your nails. And I never thought I would be a woman that does things like that, but it is kind of fun. So that's a thing I, and I haven't bitten my nails in like a month. That's great. So, Hey, your nail biter, male or female, mm-hmm. cuticle oil. Can I ask you a question? Do you ever look at men's nails? Mm. I'm going to sound weird when I say this. Nails are like teeth mm-hmm. where like, if they're really bad, I notice right away. Like I will notice people's hands if their nails are really like bit up or bloody or super dirty or things like that. Just like I'll notice right away if their teeth are really like discolored or um, crowded or things like that. And the flip of that is also true. If your nails are really nice, like if a man's hands are like, like their nails are like a nice length and they're well-groomed and they're like shaped and I don't know. Um, I will notice that in the same way that I'll notice if somebody's teeth are like very white, very straight. Sure. 
But like if they're in between, I wouldn't notice your nails sure. and I wouldn't notice your teeth. So yeah, I've wondered if like hmm, maybe I should do cuticle oil on my nails. Yeah. But like my hands are right in that middle spot you were talking about where they're not bad, but they're I, also not great. I was I was just shocked at how much better the quality of my nail bed was. Hmm. By using, and I do it right before I go to bed, and I just put one little drop on each nail. I also, though, like, I'm kind of a fidgety, like, I, I already yes. pick at my hands and I pick at my nails, so that it has helped me um, curb some of that, like, anxious behavior. Because instead of, like, picking at my nails, I'm just rubbing oil into them, which actually helps them rather mm -hmm. than <laughs> hurting them. Yeah. So um, I've been enjoying looking at my hands and thinking, oh, my nails look nicer than they used to so that's a recommendation i think this week i'm going to recommend an app on your phone oh and the app is called libby mm -hmm. um, it is a book app so libby is typically hooked up to your library hence the name libby oh okay so for instance our local library if you want to borrow a book in electronic format from them, you can usually borrow it through Libby. And the thing I like about Libby is that it makes it very easy to borrow both the kind of books that you read <laughs> and the kind that you listen to, also known as audiobooks. Right. That was a long way of saying that. This is the one of the only apps that I have ever been able to actually read an entire book on. Like, I am just kind of old hmm. school in that way where right. I like physical yeah books. me too like i've I never just, i've never read a book on a screen i just can't quite do the books on e-readers thing yeah, i just like yeah. my physical books but i've actually been able to read a book on libby actually mm. do you know the book that i read all the way through on libby no uh i guess this is a bonus recommendation but um i liked uh dark matter by blake crouch Oh. Which was so good and so compelling that yeah. I was able to read the entire thing in almost one, more like maybe two sittings, yeah. just on the Libby yeah. app. So the Libby app lets you borrow books, and then it also lets you read them on the app um, there, or you can read it on your Kindle if you do have one. You borrow it through Libby and read it on your Kindle in that case. Sure. But one thing I like about this app is that the UI is really good the design is really good really um user friendly and in particular it's really easy to use given how many features it has so sometimes software will have so many features and you know users will like it for that reason oh you can do so many things on it but it's really awkward to use all the things and like how do you find the thing i want to do and like mm -hmm. wait where was the one thing that i did before that i liked um, and this has a lot of different features that you can do, and it's actually pretty simple and user-friendly. Hmm. So check out Libby. Um, I know that it's been recommended on other podcasts I've listened to. I listened to a book podcast where they recommend it, uh, but you can probably find it hooked up to your local library. Um, I think a bonus, second bonus recommendation is if you're like me and you've moved around enough, you might have library cards in more than one city. I believe I still have a library <laughs> card from Columbus and sure. from Blacksburg. Uh, so you can hook up oh, that's cool. your old library cards right. to Libby. Right. So if a book is not available to you as the patron of one library system, it might be available to you as the patron of the other one. Huh. 
little sneaky. Little sneaky, but I have another recommendation. Uh, if you are a heavy sleeper, you should download an emergency app that uh. will wake you up during a storm. Oh we had gosh. a storm recently in our town. It qualified uh, as a tornado. I saw that it qualified as a tornado within what an eighth of a mile of our house, yeah. even less than that. Um, and our family slept right through it. <laughs> I, that's not entirely true. I did wake up in the night. I heard rain and wind. And thunder. And, and thunder. And I thought, oh, this will be nice for the grass. And then I fell back asleep. Yeah, I had a moment where I thought, I'm going to reach my, for my phone just to, like, take a look and right, see look if there at the are weather. any, like, alerts or anything. Right. And I was like, Ugh, my phone is all the way over there. And I just fell back asleep. Uh, yeah. And... Also, it turns out that if you live in the Midwest, you're used to hearing tornado sirens. You know, like in our town, they go off the first Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. um, those are not meant to be heard within your house. Well, so do not count on hearing those if there is a tornado. Well, and apparently they did go off in our town. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't hear them. We didn't hear them. Yeah. Yeah. So... That, that's what you did the next morning, is that's, you downloaded an app that now will wake us up if there's another storm that is going to get us to the basement. <laughs> the only problem is the app I downloaded. It's a little bit difficult to configure exactly the right degree of notifications and settings. Oh, no. <laughs> like, the first... So I was like, okay, really, all I want is, like, wake me up if there's a tornado, right? <laughs> That's the main thing I want. Like, And it's telling you, hey, it's 80 degrees outside. Yeah, like, the... <laughs> first day i downloaded it it popped up with a notification that said nicer weather heading into the weekend <laughs> great that's that's not what i needed all right let's rate this episode as always our rating is on a scale from one to five i was gonna say transit commissioners <laughs> that's a good one too. okay on a scale from one to five transit commissioners uh i would say two yeah, I will give this 1.5. I mm. don't like this episode. I don't think there's much to recommend it. Um, I clearly blocked most of it out from my memory. Um, so, yeah, not great. Um, we forge ahead. We forge ahead. We're rounding into the end of season one because it's a shorter season. Right. Um, so next episode is season one, episode five, called The Big Day. Do mm. venture any guesses as to what The Big Day is? I have no idea. Probably something that isn't that big. <laughs> All right. So join us next time for Season 1, Episode 5, Big Day. For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan. And Kayleen. Signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.